Welcome to Portraits of Honor. We stand in the swiftly fading shadow of our World War II veterans and heroes who united for a single purpose, to honor life, liberty, and justice for all. They were soldiers and sailors, airmen and mechanics, nurses and pilots, radio operators, ordinary people who did extraordinary things. Our mission is to preserve their stories, to bring their experiences to life for a new generation. This is our tribute, our act of honor. Through their words, we explore the essence of honor and remember the sacrifices that were made. For just the cost of a cup of coffee each month, you can help us preserve their stories. Visit portraitsofhonor.com to learn more. Join us as we journey back in time, as we listen, learn, and remember. This is Portraits of Honor. Let the stories of these heroes begin. In this episode, we delve into the captivating story of Maurice Quay Bahan, an Army Air Corps B-17 pilot. From completing 13 combat missions amidst personal health challenges, to utilizing the GI Bill after the war, his life story embodies dedication, resilience, and a timeless love for the skies. And now we hear about his lifetime of adventure and perseverance, both in the air and on the ground. This interview was recorded on November 16, 2022, in Huntsville, Alabama. What's your full name? Maurice Quay Bayhan. And what's your birth date? Birth date? Yeah. April 21, 1922. Makes me 100 years old. It sure does. Congratulations and happy birthday. Thank you. A few months later. And uh, I know in the, on that table behind you, there's about a thousand or more birthday cards and letters. That's right. I got about a thousand as a result of Bill uh, Thompson's uh, putting my name into the internet. Yeah, and uh, what all did you do on your birthday? What's that? What all did you do on your birthday? I can't hear you very good. What did you do for your birthday? What did I do? Oh, I don't know. Uh, Ron and I sat around and <laughs> didn't do very much. You have a party? A birthday yeah, bash? They had, they had a little uh, shindig for me here <laughs> at the house. Uh, good. Uh, had some friends, and my youngest sister and her husband were here, and and uh, it was pretty nice. They had a, a thing for me over at church, a little party, <coughs> and had about 150 or 200 people wow. came and wished me well. <laughs> and uh, wish me a happy birthday and all that good stuff. Yeah. I got I got a few uh, hugs and kisses out of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Always good. <laughs> and um, where did you grow up? Well, I was raised on a farm in Illinois, right down in the middle of Illinois, about 
oh, 25 miles east of Peoria and about 25 miles or 20 miles west of Bloomington. I went to school to Normal, Illinois State Normal University, which is in this town of Normal, and uh, graduated from college there in 1948. I had some, I went, I wanted to go to college, but my dad told me, he said, uh, I can't send you to college. He said, you're gonna have to make it on your own if you want to go to, go to school. And uh, so I, he, I stayed home and worked for him the year after I got out of, out of high school. I, my mother was pregnant with my baby sister at the time, so I stayed home, worked for my dad, did field work, all kinds of stuff around the farm, and uh, took care of my mother, and uh, got lined up for school the next year. Have you ever heard of Eureka College? Yeah. Okay. I went to Eureka. Of course, Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan is an alumnus of Eureka. Their famous one, famous one, I remember. <laughs> and uh, I went there. I got in a year and a half of college there before the war. And I went into the service in 1943 uh, and uh, spent three years in the Army Air Corps and did overseas duty in Italy, flew an old B-17 bomber, got in 13 combat missions, one of which is rememberable because I almost got it on that one. What happened uh, on that? What happened? Yeah. Well, we were we were told in in a briefing in our briefing, which was to to Berlin, we were to bomb the Daimler Benz engine works in the edge of Berlin. And they told us that we would probably be attacked by ME-262 fighter planes, which is the first combat jet plane to fly in actual combat. Well, we'd never seen a jet. Didn't know what a, what a jet looked like. The 8th Air Force in England had, had uh, been familiar with the, the jet because they flew targets in the area where the jet operated. But we never 
seen one. So we didn't know what to expect. Well, we got over the target area, and sure enough, there were about a dozen jets hit our formations. And uh, one of them, uh, specifically, came through our formation, uh, hit our, our formation. Well, we started out that, that flight flying in the seventh position in the formation. Mm -hmm. Tail end Charlie, we called it. And uh, we started out in that position about halfway to, well, let me go back. We always had a spare plane come along with us just in case any plane in the formation had an engine problem or something else yeah. that they had to drop out and go back home. So we had a spare plane flew with us. About halfway to the target, the number five plane, which is the right hand on the second element of the formation, lost an engine and couldn't keep up with the formation. So, as the protocol for those four flights was, we moved up into his position, the number five position, and the spare plane came in and took place number seven position. Well, this jet attacked us on the bomb run and that and he knocked down that number seven plane, which would have been us if yeah. we hadn't been up in the fifth position. Wow. <clears throat> I watched him go down He'd got two engines, and I watched this plane go down, and they were losing altitude, and of course, a normal B-17 would fly on three engines. On two engines it'd fly, but it couldn't maintain its altitude. So it, we were, they were headed west. We'd been briefed, that if we got shot down, we were trying to make it to the Russian lines, mm -hmm. or behind the Russian lines. Because the Russians were out about, they were through Poland, they were about 80 miles east of us, and were advancing toward Berlin. Yeah. Well, I watched, uh, I watched them, and uh, they were headed east toward the Russian lines. And I watched them as far as I could see. None of them ever bailed out. So uh, we assumed that they made it behind the lines. If they did, the Russians sent them back down through Israel and across North Africa, and they, they never came back to the unit. We assumed that they came back to the States, but we didn't 
actually know that. Mm -hmm. And so that's the story. Um, yeah, that's, that's, that's the, that's the it? I, I assume that was the, the scariest mission for you, right? That was the, uh, the, the scariest. The scariest mission. The, the serious, most serious. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was. That was the most serious. That was the closest we ever came to uh, getting shot down. And, uh, yeah, that was, that's, that's my most, uh, well, what I want to say. That's, is the most that I think about the most was yeah. is that one that mission. Yeah. Of course, we I had other missions. We flew. Uh, I flew with my crew. I flew. You had to fly five missions, experience missions. When you started, you're flying for in combat. You had to fly five experience missions before you were put back with your crew and you flew the rest of your missions with your crew. Of course, okay. you trained with them. Yeah. They flew experience missions too. When we all had five missions in, we came back as a crew and flew the rest of our missions. Well, we might have flown one or two missions with some other crew. They might have put us in, but generally we flew with our own crew. And uh, I got in 13 missions before the war ended. I got over there late because of certain circumstances. I caught, I caught scarlet fever in oh. basic training after I first went in the service. Then after I got almost to the point of getting my commission and finishing flight training. I guess it was a month or, or maybe a month and a half before. And I, the, I had a inguinal hernia, and and I'd kind of. Kept it from the flight surgeon. We had a physical every month, month and a half. And I had kind of kept it from the flight surgeon. He hadn't found it, but he found it about a month, month and a half before I finished training, finished my pilot training. Well, I thought, sure, they'd wash me out on that. I couldn't fly with it. Mm. It ends with at least the uh, the uh, doctor said I couldn't fly with it, and uh, I was sure they would. But they had spent too much money on me to do that. Hey, so I they put me in the hospital again, in sixty days. So that was uh, three, four months 
that I was behind on going overseas. And I guess it was a good thing so far as I was concerned, because I would have been over there otherwise pretty much in the middle of the war, and yeah. it would have been, I wouldn't have got in near as many, I wouldn't, I got, wouldn't have got as many missions as I, well, I would have got all my missions in. I would have got yeah. all. The tour of duty was 25 missions. I put in 13 was all. I didn't get to fly after I get over, got overseas. I didn't get to fly a mission until after the 1st of January in, in 45. That was because they were letting all the crews that had a high number of missions fly their tour out so they could come on back home. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we didn't fly. We, we flew every day just to keep uh, able to, to go, you know. Yeah. But we didn't fly any missions till after the first of the year. And then I only, because of that, I only got in 13 missions. What made you want to fly? What made me want to fly? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't know. I just thought I'd want to fly. Just, just the, uh, well, it just seemed exciting. Yeah, it, yeah, it's something. That, something uh, new. Not everybody does, you know. I know. Back then, and, yeah. Uh, I just would thought I'd like to fly, and it was it was a, probably the greatest experience of my life being in, being a pilot and yeah. uh, going to the combat. All that sort of thing. Something I think about a lot. Uh, still do. But uh, after the war ended, I came back home. Of course, I would have loved to have kept flying. But I came back and started back to school, to college. And I was on the GI Bill, and it didn't pay him enough to rent a, I'd had to rent a plane to fly. And I didn't ha make enough, didn't have enough saved up and all to rent a plane and fly. So I haven't flown a plane since I got out of the service. I've Got in plenty of airtime. The job I had required me to fly all over the country. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've got in a, a lot of air travel, but not as a pilot anymore, which I guess is all right. Well, I'm, I'm glad you had opportunity to do that. Glad you had the chance to do that. I've, oh. got, some, I've got some pictures do you? here of my crew. 
Oh, let me see if I can. Uh, is it right here? That black one. This it. Oh, okay. That's my crew. No. Or crew, oh. I should say. Okay, which one is you? Well, you can pick me out there. <laughs> I was a cold okay. pilot. Uh, here. You've got it. <laughs> I yes. had to. I had to cheat by looking at the. You know, it's a, it's a sad thing. We were very close as a crew. Yeah. Crews are very close, working together, you know. Yeah. It's, you train together, and of course, I didn't train with this crew. I was. Yeah. Good picture. You got it? Yeah. Okay. I was very, the crews were very close. And it's a sad thing we never stayed in touch with one another after it was, after the war was over. The, uh, the pilot and I exchanged, this is the first pilot. We exchanged letters for oh, a year or two after, and then we, quit writing and none of the other guys. But I know the names. I remember the names of all of them. Good, good. Richard Guthrie, me, this boy I'm not sure of. This was George Wright. He was a navigator. He was a bombardier. Here's our aerial engineer. His name was Mateer from, he was from New York. This is Joe Bracken, he was our radio man, he was from Detroit. This is uh, George, I think was his first name, Hood. He was our master gunner. This is uh, Gordy Camel, he was from Chicago. And he was our ball turret gunner. Notice he's little than <laughs> yeah. He'd get in a ball turret. This is Lee Ronceville. He was from San Francisco, I think. Okay. Sad thing is I didn't get in touch with him. Now, the rest of those pictures in there are pictures of the targets that we bombed. Some of the targets, plus pictures of the old the old bird. Is this your actual plane? Well, it's not, that's not a, our plane. That's just a picture of a B-17 in flight. Okay. These are good pictures. Now those are targets. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry I didn't put title on all of them, but I didn't, but I know where they're So I think I heard that after the war, you were allowed to go fly back over your targets? Yeah. Is that right? We had a good good colonel in charge of our outfit. He, uh, he told us, he said, uh, we've made a memento for you of your time over here. He said, we put, to get, we put together pictures of your targets and all, and he said, uh, 
can, we've made a copy of them for all, every one of you. And so I brought back, they were little four by five photographs of the targets. Mm -hmm. And uh, I brought back these pictures. We have a fellow over church that enlarged these and, and put them in a book for me, for us. Good. For me. Uh, he wouldn't take a nickel for it. He did it. He does that kind of stuff. And uh, he's a good old Joe. His name is Arlen Moore. And uh, yeah, I don't know. So you got some other pictures. Oh here. yeah. Uh, there's not much in there. I took the pictures out of that one. Oh, okay. Those are... Oh. I see you have a picture of the Texas Rangers B-17 that... Oh. It just crashed uh, a few days there's ago. There's uh, There's several... I don't know what holes in this album. Yeah. You got it right side up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is the plane that was in an accident a few days ago. Yeah. There's only a few of those left. That's those right. Those old B-17s. Yeah. This is a copies of your, you know, nice thank you or congratulations on your birthday. That's the, when I first started cadet school. That picture. Yeah, I was. A, I was looking at I that. Was early. That was when I first started. <laughs> that's when I when I got my commission. This one back here. Yeah. Very nice. I like it. Handsome dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Still are. Well, I don't know about that. This podcast is a charitable supported public service. To learn more about the veteran featured on this podcast, please go to portraitsofhonor.com. There you'll find more stories, portraits, and ways to be part of this act of honor. Every day, a few hundred World War II veterans pass away, and soon they'll all be gone. For the cost of a few cups of coffee each month, you can help us support the mission to give all these deserving veterans their portrait of honor and record and memorialize their stories forever. Please go to portraitsofhonor.com today to make your donation and show your support. Leave us a review and share this episode. By remembering the past, we can inspire a better future. Join us next time on Portraits of Honor.